Hello, and welcome to Edgeguard, taking a look at games on the fringe. Uh, my name is Jordan, and with me today is my friend Blake. I am Blake. Hello. Hello. Hello, Blake. Uh, today, we are talking about a fun little game called Farbenspiel, which is uh, German for color game or game of color or something like that, uh, which um, is fitting because it's a game where you basically have these little orbs floating around your hand that correspond to the primary colors, red, blue, and yellow, and you have enemies that correspond to all the secondary colors, green, orange, purple, and you have to mix two color orbs in your hand and then shoot them uh, at the corresponding enemies. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is Farbenspiel. Yeah. Oh, do we, we, very we have to say, to say it with a, a little bit of a German accent every time we say it? Yeah, I mean, you already said spiel instead of spiel, so I feel like you're most of the way there. I'm like halfway there because I said like <laughs> yeah. Farben. Farbenspiel. I don't know. Farben. It's just fun to say. It is. It's true. Do you know if the creators are German or they just thought it was fun to say? Uh, I don't think so. Um, according to the Itch.io page for this game, uh, they go to RMIT University, which is in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, oh, interesting. And okay. none of them have particularly German-sounding names, but uh, Trent <laughs> or Simon Tran. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. Uh, mostly the last names are the ones I'm looking for for like yeah, Germanness. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose I don't know that many <laughs> German surnames. I can't speak. I, with I don't that, either. <laughs> with utmost authority. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this this game. Uh, it's it's a pretty small game. It, it looks like it was created as like a. Uh, a project for a class in their mm. university for four weeks basically, um, apparently yeah yeah four weeks so based on my experience with game development classes this was probably either like their main project for a class or i guess it could have been a class with two projects most of my like game project classes were like you make one game the whole semester that would be a mm. little bit more complicated than this game but um sure sure but uh but anyway the the reason i think that we we both have been kind of interested to talk about this game is because it uses color as its primary mechanic it does uh, you don't see a lot of games that do that it's unusual exactly because so we we sort of talked about how color is a way to communicate other mechanics in most games not Mm -hmm. a mechanic in itself uh so for example in in portal uh one portal is orange one portal is blue and you know which portal is which because they're each a color mm-hmm. and you know like yep. if i shoot if i have a blue portal that i want to walk into i need to shoot the orange portal to and that's what i'll come out of yep. and then like even further on in, in portal 2 when they in- introduce like those gels they're color coded yep. so you know and i mm-hmm. i feel like that's analogous to the way most games use color other than obviously to like make their game have color but the way color relates (laughs) to mechanics in games is usually like here is a mechanic Mm -hmm. here's the color associated with that mechanic so you know even if you're not looking at it super closely like even in a flash when you like kind Mm -hmm. of are moving quickly you can still see the color you recognize the color before you recognize the shape and that helps you like tie it to to a mechanic yeah Um, and it could just as easily be something besides the color um, that communicates to you colors just an easy way. Like they could technically, the portals could have one could have the number one above it and one could have the number two above it. Yeah. But like, yeah, um, I think, I mean, honestly, I think color is a pretty 
elegant way to do that sort of communication. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, personally, my my senior project game is like a first person puzzle game, and uh, like we had a specific mechanic that dealt with like the manipulation of gravity and certain objects are affected by that mechanic and certain objects are not. Mm. And so, uh, we found color to be a very useful way. Like Mm -hmm. you could have objects, you could add like a certain type of texture to them or a certain particle effect. And people didn't get it as much as if you just had all the objects that move be a very specific color and nothing else was that specific color. Yeah. I definitely think color, um, works really well for that. I mean, if, if you want to be like, pedantic you could point out that technically um that is true of farbenspiel at least in the first level like the the colors really are just communicating to you which orbs to mix together right it's not really really a game mechanic but in future levels what happens is that the your like screen gets these weird color distortions yeah um and i think that it it like very clearly is like truly a mechanic there because like I I have trouble seeing what color the like different uh, enemies are. And yeah. That's so so basically it just has like the they basically apply these like filters to the screen where like mm-hmm. I think the first one is there's like a little bit of like a uh it's like a reddish filter. I don't know. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sort of a reddish tinge to everything. So then. Mm-hmm. At that point, it becomes more difficult to tell which color is which. Yeah, and you have to get closer to the enemies to see sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and um, and basically in each progressive level as you move on, I think you and I each got to like the fifth or sixth level, and that was like basically impossible. Yeah, I, I think the fifth one is supposed to be literally it's, impossible. I think so as sure. well. But uh-huh. um, but anyway, each level there gets to be uh, successively more aggressive. Uh, alterations to the color and like the screen will start warping Mm -hmm. so you're like looking at these warped things and you have to like get really close to them close to them and the closer you get the easier you are to hit so you're getting hit more and you only have i think you can take like 10 hits um Mm -hmm. so that's sort of how the game pushes and manipulates color but I i think it is interesting that you mentioned that like if from like a really if you think about it really technically it's you're right that the mechanic isn't technically color but i think Mm -hmm. the way that it works is still more of a mechanic with color Yeah, that would be like needlessly yeah uh, like nitpicky it it is true like i guess in some technical sense you know the the code doesn't care what the color is like Mm. it's deciding whether or not your ball is the correct ball to destroy an enemy yeah um but but really the way it plays is very much like color like you're thinking you have to like I'm quickly associating like two buttons in my mind with like, oh, I need to mix green or I need to mix yellow and blue because he's green. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I actually, I actually found the game to be pretty fun because I mean, like, without the whole color thing, it would kind of just be like a weird little arena shooter thing. Yeah. And I, I think it feels pretty good, uh, which is I, nice. I do too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think mouse and keyboard uh, first-person games. Well, I are think so. Not too I think hard if, to mess up. <laughs> that's true. Like it's it's sort of a grammar that anyone who plays games like has a feel for, so you can kind of rely on your players quickly getting a knack for it. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I I felt like I don't know if you'll feel the same way, but so the first couple times I played it, 
and the color effects happened, I thought they were really weird and fun. Mm-hmm. After, after playing it a few times, I found myself getting a little sad when I completed the first level because mm-hmm. there's something just like very simply satisfying about like matching the colors to the enemies and yeah. shooting them. And getting they really g- good at like mm-hmm. remembering how to make each color. Cause yes. it's, a, it's a little kludgy at first. Cause basically it's like Q, E, and R are your three different colors. <laughs> yeah, so you have to hit little- like... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I, I feel like control is something that it uh like other than obviously like the point and click WASD to move, like controlling the colors I feel like could be done more elegantly. Yeah. Uh, but uh But yeah, it's just But yeah, I think it I it definitely like once at first when I was trying to play it, I was getting mopped because I just could not I was like it's just what weird trying to associate the colors and shoot at the same time and also run yeah. around. But once you mm-hmm. got good at that and you could like your movement speeds pretty quick and you're kind of like running around hopping, uh, yeah. and like skirting past enemies and then like, okay, that guy's purple. Okay. That guy's purple. Okay. That guy's green. That guy's orange. Uh, there's definitely yeah. like a flow state that happens. That's, that's mm-hmm. pretty good. And I think the flow state is substantially more likely to happen in the first level when the color, effects are not warping your screen yeah at least for me um because like um like that first level i i like mastered that like i I was Mm. like mopping those enemies up yeah by the time i had played it a few times um and there was something really satisfying about it and um it just gets a little part of the reason might be that like when they start the screen starts wobbling Mm -hmm. so like in the third and fourth levels i got a little (laughs) motion sick oh really um yeah, so that yeah. made it tricky to... Yeah, that, that might be the problem then, because I honestly didn't really have, in the later levels, like the flow... If anything, it got more intense because there are more enemies and there. it's harder to figure out what I need to do. So like, yeah. I was having to play even more carefully uh, to, to sort of make uh-huh. it happen. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I, I don't get motion sick. sick at all, so, um, <sighs> so that's not really a problem for me. Haha, <laughs> you sucker. I know. You're damn damn my inner ear. Weak inner ear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um But anyway, uh Oh, where were we? I, I okay, so I sort of wanted to I, I mentioned how uh usually color is uh supplementary to a mechanic to mechanics, not a mechanic itself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to talk about uh games where color is the mechanic or is a mechanic not just supplementary to a mechanic um because i i tried to think of some i can only think of like a handful but i, I was curious if you can oh man off I the top of your hop off the top of your head thought about think this of beforehand yeah uh well if you um, want you can sort of think about it while i while i bring up uh mine well um, oh and i mean i guess i can think of a few examples off the top of my head mm-hmm. where something similar to portal is happening where color serves as a quick way of visually distinguishing between other mechanics like mm-hmm. Mario you know whether it's a green or a red mushroom tells oh, sure. you whether you'll get big or you'll get a life um, I think the mushrooms in the older games are like literally the same except for a color mm-hmm. um, or like the different Yoshis sure. do different things based on their color mm-hmm. um, I don't know well let's hear yours first maybe yeah. so so yeah, I'm more I'm more thinking of games that are like similar to Farbenspiel. Actually, the color is a 
discrete mechanic. It's like not conveying something. It's like the color is the thing. And yeah. actually, the the biggest one uh, is a game that I've been playing a lot because it's a pretty new game that came out in the last few weeks is Splatoon Two, or I guess oh, Splatoon. Yeah. Uh, because that game is largely, I mean, uh, the the primary mode in that game. Uh, for those who, are, who aren't familiar, Splatoon Two is like uh, a third person shooter, technically, but it's made by Nintendo. So of course, Nintendo. <laughs> it's not actually about shooting other people. the The primary mode of the the game is you're on these big maps that are uh, totally blank. Like the the floors and walls are all white. And uh, the little characters carry around these guns filled with uh, colored paint. So there will be two teams. Uh, for example, one team will be pink and the other team will be green. Uh, and the way you win the game is by having the most coverage of the floor in your team's color. Um, and you can, like, kill the other enemies. If you shoot them with ink, uh, they will die and they'll have to, like, respawn. But, uh, but really... A lot of my experience in playing that game is like early on, you're trying really hard to kill people and you kind of get the floor mopped with you. You're like not doing that well. And then once you sort of focus on covering the ground first and killing enemies second, you'll start doing a lot better Mm. because really it's a lot more about territory control and uh, knowing a lot of the times if you are painting an area and an enemy comes to get you, it's a good idea to just leave and go paint somewhere else if you can, uh, rather than trying to fight them. Cause, uh, it's actually pretty common in that game for you and an enemy to die at the same time to like kill each other basically, uh, um. because of the way that the paint is like, it shoots really slow and it doesn't shoot very far and it shoots in like these big arcs. So a lot of times you'll like be shooting at each other and you'll kill each other at the exact same moment. And then it's like a zero sum thing. So a lot of times you'll like, uh, be, you know, chugging along, shooting some paint on the floor. And then an enemy, you see their paint coming up on the floor and you try and shoot at them a little bit and maybe you get them or maybe you don't. And then you bail back and go somewhere else where the enemy has covered most of the floor in paint. But anyway, that was like the the biggest game that I could think of, especially because it's like a triple A game made by a well known developer, mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo. And yeah, it doesn't seem so. I haven't played this game, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like color is quite a mechanic in the same way. Like the colors could be anything, right? Yeah, it, they it's just to communicate which team is which. It's almost the same as like colors in i don't know civ 4 or something like so you can see where one territory ends and one yeah begins. i guess i guess to me the 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 thing that makes it the color an actual mechanic is the fact that like you are you have to the applic the, the application floor. of color is what mm, decides who wins yeah, and who does true. not and it, it might be interesting Go ahead. like a more complicated like mini game within splatoon if mm. there was like some way where you had multiple colors and if you mixed them it did certain things sure or if if spaces where you both you and an opponent have colored that does something new or something oh, like yeah. that yeah that'd be interesting that be interesting but i'm not yeah. sure what it would do but yeah but um anyway one one other thing that i sort of forgot to mention is that uh if the floor is painted your color you can like basically swim through it and you move way faster so that becomes a a whole other element Mm. of it too where uh, you can cover distance a lot more quickly if your team has like painted that area so you can get up to areas where you haven't painted uh Mm -hmm. but anyway the 
just the sort of the fact that the application of color, even though you're you are sort of right that uh, the colors could be anything, and in fact they are. They're random every match. They there's just like mm-hmm. several sets of complementary colors uh, that like each match, as far as I'm aware, it's just randomly picked what uh, two gotcha, colors gotcha. they are. I mean, they could be black and white, but but even so, the fact that they're black and white, they would you would still be applying color to win the game. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it seems like it's a, a little more use of color than most most games, mm-hmm. even if it's not quite as much as Farbenspiel. Absolutely. Um, uh, w- one thing I was thinking about with, with Farbenspiel... Spiel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Farbenspiel. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Um, is it... You know, a, a lot of games have started adding a colorblind mode. Yeah. And it, it occurred to me that, like, if you're... It, it might be like impossible to add a colorblind mode in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you totally could for the first level. Yeah. But like for future levels, I don't know that you could because like it's already trying to warp your like perception just, of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could. It would just be a, like a radically different game for someone playing on colorblind mode than someone not. Yeah. So but I think this is actually a a good segue because i am in fact mildly that's true colorblind you are and that was something i was thinking of when i was playing this i was like i wonder how different this is for blake than it is for me yeah uh and so i think i think my particular brand of colorblindness is mild enough that it wasn't really a problem well i guess that's not totally true uh once the even on the second level the green guy and the orange guy uh just both looked yellow to me until mm. I got pretty close. Uh, okay, that was... It might be more intense for you than me, but that mm. I mean, that was something I was okay. seeing too. Like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of something that you would expect when you, like, add green to yellow or mm-hmm. add... No, sorry. I meant add red to green and then you already have orange uh, and the, the green is sort of a bright enough color that it they just... Yeah, they do sort of... Uh, blend together but i was surprised because uh at first i was like oh yeah this is totally fine primary colors they're different enough but then once i started adding the color effects i'm like oh no i'm gonna hit there's gonna be a level where i'm just not gonna be able to tell and that Mm -hmm. didn't happen until the uh the level that i'm relatively certain is the impossible to beat where the screen basically turns white and it literally turns white like yeah (laughs) all the enemies look exactly identical at a certain point yeah and uh they just keep spawning like i they just like there's a million of them i don't think that you can kill them faster than they spawn yeah yeah but in any case uh this sort of the colorblind thing was making me think that maybe that is a reason why color is not as much of a mechanical thing in games um because you have to think you know i'm pretty mild red green colorblind there are a lot of people that have worse colorblind i know jordan you and i have a a good friend who is yeah uh, i would say moderate to severely red green colorblind and (laughs) he definitely has a lot more trouble uh than than i do with color uh and so it might be interesting to ask him to play this game and see what he thinks yeah but um but it made me think that maybe uh sort of uh i'm trying to think of what the term would be um like making the accessibility of the mm-hmm, of games yeah. where color is a mechanic would be lowered enough to the point that uh it it wouldn't make sense or you'd be sort of mm-hmm. uh leaving a few players out to out to dry or or maybe even that uh 
you try to solve it by having some sort of colorblind mode and it ends up not working because the ways you want to manipulate color uh, are just, I mean, if, if you think about it, like the primary colors, even most colorblind people will probably be able to tell those three apart. But as you mix them, the ways that the mixing of colors interact is often uh, like a source of, uh, you know, confusion with colorblind people. It's like, mm-hmm. well, this is a greenish brown versus a reddish brown. But to me, these two colors look the same. And yeah, so yeah. it's the mixing of uh, the, the primary colors is sort of what causes the confusion. So I think mm-hmm. that's maybe a reason why these these sorts of games or games that use color in such a uh, important way. I mean, I mean important in that it's important to the game that color is there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's a reason why it's not as prevalent. Um, yeah, I think that's true. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. This game really like makes you think about like how the, physical way that your individual body gets information from a computer mm-hmm. is might be different for different people like oh absolutely yeah i don't know that i have a ton to say about that but like um you know depending on what your vision's like this game might be very different for someone yeah uh, someone else um this just occurred to me and maybe there's nothing to say about this but i wonder why they chose to do the primary colors of paint rather than the primary colors of light like you know um, like primary like colors of light re- i yeah, like it's it's red green and blue rather than red yellow and blue oh really yeah huh and i don't i don't entirely oh you know. mean like rgb you mean like digital yeah oh okay yeah i guess i hadn't considered that i i i guess probably um, cuz everyone when they learn the color wheel they learn paint yeah i guess and, as a kid so yeah and also i mean paint the differentiation is uh, bigger between them because blue yeah. to yellow versus blue to green is is different and and also I think uh, like tertiary colors and secondary colors are all built on the paint system even when you're working in yeah. RGB or like hex values which are uh-huh. you know RGB you're still manipulating a color wheel that is based on the paint primary colors okay okay um, so my, yeah. my guess is that would be why um, mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's just, it's just thought I had. You know, normally you don't think about color very much when you play a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, because as we sort of mentioned, it's like a sort of a subconscious way to communicate other mm-hmm. things. Um, speaking of subconscious communication in this game, did mm-hmm. you find yourself? I quickly found myself uh, thinking about it. Um, what's what I'm looking for, like kinesthetically rather than visually. Like um, I just like knew my, like for example. Uh, I knew that I needed my like ring finger and my pointer finger when I wanted to do purple or like, oh, okay. I started to think about it that way once hmm. I like got it memorized rather than like the actual about, colors. Yeah. I need to mix these colors. Yeah. I guess I, I hadn't thought about it, but I did sort of do that instead of mm-hmm. uh, which fingers I sort of had associated uh, left, right, middle as in, like, exactly. the furthest yeah. left uh, key is mm-hmm. red, and then the middle one is yellow, and the right one is blue. So I need mm-hmm. l- uh, right middle to get purple, or left middle yeah. to get 
and eventually I would just like skip that step. It'd be like purple enemy. I need left, right. Yeah. Uh, green enemy. I need middle, right. And then what orange enemy I need left middle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting because I I really was primarily thinking about color mixing the first few times I played it. Then once I got a hang for it, it almost color almost became more like a, more like it does in, you know, like the the portal example where it's just communicating to me, which mechanic I need. So, yeah. So maybe, maybe that's actually some, maybe that's the reason why, why color isn't as much of a thing because it's better at communicating other mechanics than it is being a mechanic itself because there are faster shortcuts or there Mm -hmm. are things that make more sense to do things, uh, that color could do than color itself. Uh, that's that's yeah. actually an interesting, sort of an interesting thought that I hadn't had while playing this game because I kind of I kind of played this game and I was kind of like, huh, this game, it shouldn't be that, you know, it shouldn't feel that exciting. You know, it's a pretty simple like first mm-hmm. person, wave based arena shooter thing, but yep. it feels cool because there's the color aspect and color isn't something that's manipulated a lot in games, but. Uh, I'm, uh-huh. I'm sort of thinking that maybe there's a reason that color isn't manipulated <laughs> as much in games. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see a game like this expanded. I don't know how... Like, maybe this mechanic r- wouldn't work that well if it were expanded into a larger yeah. game. Yeah, and see... What's see, fun about it is rather quick. I don't uh-huh. know. Yeah, see, I actually had uh, several ideas for, like, how this game could be expanded, and I think they those expansions would actually make the color a more pivotal part of it so Mm -hmm. something that i was thinking was uh like basically a certain type of enemy that rather than being one of the secondary colors it's a complementary color to one of the secondary colors uh so for example uh orange is one of the colors that enemies will be but instead you have a sort of blue enemy so you have to mix red and yellow to get the complementary color it's like they have to be killed by the the color that is opposite on the color wheel oh, God, instead of their own so color <laughs> yeah confusing but, as hell yeah but if you think about it i think there. i mean i don't know a ton about coloration but i've done like uh i've worked as a web developer like an intern before and so you have to do a certain amount of like css and html so i know some some stuff about uh like the different sets of color like oh i'm trying to think of of what they are here. Give me, give me just a minute. But there, there's basically, there's like primary colors, tertiary colors. Then there's like complementary colors. And there's like, uh, I wish I could, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Figure out the names of these color relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, here, I think I found something. Well, I mean, that is a good point. Okay. Sorry. I have these. So, uh, there's, Primary, tertiary, secondary, complementary, and then analogous are kind of what like... What is analogous? Um, let me read this. These colors located close together on a color wheel, but there's like certain distances. I don't know. It's really interesting. I could, I could send you this article, but it's basically the way colors relate to one another on the color wheel because they're the primary colors that make like the triangle, basically. Then uh-huh. the secondary colors that are the halfway between each of those that make a different triangle then tertiary that are uh 
mixtures of primary mixtures of primary and secondary and then complementary mm-hmm. which are opposite on the Opposites. color wheel yeah yeah and there's analogous and there's one other that i've that i've heard of before but that i uh that is not listed on this uh on this thing this huh. little page that i'm looking at but but anyway I, I feel like this game could be expanded to sort of use those relationships and even teach those relationships to people who aren't familiar with them uh I yeah, mean, that's it could sure. almost work as like an educational game for children or something. <laughs> Here's the color wheel. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, I thought I had a thought. So wait, what other? Did you think of any other whiz batting mechanics? So just like besides, um, I feel like I did, but I, I I'm I'm having trouble. Uh, One thing that I was thinking is there's no way. So like it uses the basic. Is, you know, it's a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, you move around, you jump, you point with the mouse, and you shoot. Uh, it, the the color mechanic mostly interacts with the shooting, mm-hmm. obviously. I, I was thinking, like, what if there was some way that the color interacted with your movement or the color mm-hmm. interacted with... Um, oh, absolutely. So I don't like know what that might look like. You, so you like, can only walk through certain areas if you shoot them with a certain color, or maybe oh, you... Yeah. You, whichever color you have loaded in your hand allows yeah. you to do certain kinds of movements or something or, like that. Or each color gives you a physical property, uh, and you can mix them to do different things. Like maybe green makes you go faster. Ooh, that would be fun. Or something. So you can like do like that. faster. Like green makes you go faster. Or maybe you could do like red makes you go faster. Blue makes you jump higher. So yeah. purple makes you run faster right. yep. and jump higher. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. This is actually yeah, that... similar to what my uh, my thesis game, or I guess not really thesis game, but my, my senior project game for college, it started as a, an idea that was very similar to this. It was about sort of uh, giving yourself physical properties using these objects oh, and mixing that's right. those I, physical I properties. Think I saw a demo of this game once. Yeah. Uh, maybe you just explained it to me. Yeah, yeah, I think I just explained it to you because we, I guess we had part of it going, but then we ended up moving in a different direction. But anyway, mm-hmm. I do think, I, I, I still think that it could be interesting. Like, we didn't make that game, but I think that game mm-hmm. is still cool, and I think color is a cool way to introduce that. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, this is interesting. I think, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if, like, uh, if these students have any interest in, like, moving their idea along further or if it was just like mm-hmm. we did this for a class and now we're done with it because uh, i've been there too i've been there <laughs> where it's just like ah i finally finished this game after this semester now i never want to look at it or think about it again <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> um um but uh let's think uh, is there any other like super big stuff you wanted to mention or are we are we um, I mean, there's some little stuff I wanted to ask about because I was confused and maybe okay. you knew what the deal is, but yeah, the sure, like weird pillar that like appears and spins with blades, does yeah. that do anything? Does that hurt you? Yeah, you can, well, you can kill enemies with it if you, so basically, uh, I didn't end up using this strategy a lot, but yeah, so there, if in, I think after the second or third level, this big pillar appears on the map and if you shoot it with one of your balls, then it will spin around and like shoot spikes out. So what I would kind of do is kind of walk in a oh. circle around that area and let enemies follow me, and then turn and shoot it. I didn't do that many times, but uh, I do, found was it, it the same thing? Like times. whichever color you shoot it with is what color it can kill. I think with? it just can. I think it just does kills anything. I'm not positive oh. though. I didn't use it enough times to be certain. See, now that makes me think that. Um, 
Now I want to play it again because that would complement very well with a cheese strategy I discovered. Oh, which yeah. Is that you mentioned that you found a way to cheese uh, it. It's kind of a way. So if you jump onto the onto the bridge uh-huh. um, and then jump onto the rail of the bridge and yeah. then jump onto the pillar right oh, next, to, next it, to it, then you can jump onto the wall. Oh. And it, there's like a little tiny ledge that you can just barely fit on. Uh, you'll like fall off if you like shoot or get hit. But if you walk into the corner of the wall, you can stay there. Oh, uh, then then the game gets a little janky because, um, well, first of all, the fat people can't hit you at all. They can't mm-hmm. reach you. And the, um, the bullet people, they seem to have a hard time aiming up, but they can. So they won't hit you very much. Oh, but they will hit you. Yeah. And then um, there's some like weird stuff going on with the collision detection because you can't shoot people directly below you when you're right there. So sometimes oh. they'll get... They'll get stuck and be invincible too. So Mm. I was trying to figure out how to use that cheese strategy. It sounds like what you do is you get there and you just shoot the spinny thing. Oh, and let it kill them. I wonder, I don't think it would get them in the corner though because they just shoot out in like a circle and it spins. It doesn't reach the corner? Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I didn't use it a lot. It wasn't until like pretty quick, pretty recently, like pretty late into the number of times that I like kind of played this game for a few minutes that I actually figured out how to do it. Cause I definitely like hit myself with it a few times. I'm just like, ah, what, how did this happen? Yeah. Uh, I hit it a few times and it spun out and I assumed it was, I didn't realize that I was triggering it. I thought it was just happening randomly and it was something to avoid. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you shoot it to trigger it. Maybe that was happenstance, but, um, um, Another thing I discovered jumping along the edge of the wall is if you move in a certain way, you will clip through the level geometry, fall into black nothingness, and be stuck. Yep. <laughs> so. Welcome to Unpolished Games. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, that, that's fun. I, I, didn't, I didn't find that cheese strategy, but I, I'm kind of curious to go try it now. Yeah, um, I am too. <laughs> yeah, I but I, I, I kind of wanted to, to bring up that this game, like, sort of vaguely, the enemy types remind me of, uh, like, Doom, because it's like, there's the guy that just runs at you. They're, they're sort of, yeah. uh, today, they're sort of non-standard enemies, which is that they're not dudes with hit-can weapons that just shoot at you, uh, like, they're the guys that run at you and the other guys that shoot and their projector projectiles don't move that fast so you can like actively dodge them so in a way yeah, it, it feels a little old true. school in that way and like your movement speed's really fast so uh yeah and you have pretty floaty jumps too yeah i don't know did you ever play uh devil daggers that came out last year no i didn't even hear about that game. i would strongly recommend maybe we could play devil daggers for this i'm not sure how well known that game was uh in my particular circles on twitter people were really excited about it for like a week uh and that game huh. is maybe we should play that game for the this that, that okay. game is awesome I'll, yeah uh-huh. okay i'm uh, down i'll look into it but anyway uh it sort of had a little bit more of a, a retro first person shooter feel which i liked i mean do- doom 2016 is like kind of the the gold standard for me now of like the way you can take the good things from those older shooters and uh, make them into something that feels modern, but mm-hmm. evokes what was good about that those games so mm-hmm. well. You just—I was just started thinking about that and Doom twenty sixteen. Started thinking about the enemy types, mm-hmm. and I might reinstall that game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> I just keep it installed because every <laughs> once in a while someone just says the name Doom. And I'm just like, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, oh, gotta man. play it. 
I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go shoot some guys and bash their skulls. In. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, uh, one one final thing. Uh, you know, as long as we're gonna talk about every possible thing to talk about in this <laughs> game, did you did you figure out why there's an Eddie Murphy poster in the lobby? No. So I actually, that was one of the things that I wanted to bring up too. The lobby. <laughs> so uh, when you load up the game, you just get loaded into this white room, and there's three yeah. posters on the wall: a couch and a TV. Everything is white. The walls are white. The TV is white. The TV just the says Farvenspiel, and it just like flashes the three primary colors. And then the Eddie Murphy, what movie is it for? Is it Dr. Doolittle? Oh, uh, no, it's Dave or something like that. Oh, Meet Dave. Meet Dave, is that yeah. A na- I feel like that sounds like the name of a movie that I know. Is, that, is it called Meet Dave? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yes, okay. Meet Dave. So, yeah, there's just inexplicably a poster for Meet Dave. And also, like, the Seinfeld music is playing. <laughs> Okay, so that is what that is. Yeah, right. it just starts like you open it up. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like um, this game certainly has like an aesthetic to it. And we sort of um, we didn't mention this, but uh, when you load into the game, you're like uh, just on this little arena floating in space. And there's like some 80s inspired uh, synth driven music. Yeah, uh, I kind of liked the music. Yeah, I definitely like that song. It's a good like song that you're gonna hear for over and over looping while you're playing a yeah, game because it's just yeah. kind of like it's not quite nondescript, but it's just sounds familiar enough to where it's not like doesn't get that annoying, and it's just kind of like it's just kind of like all right, I can mm-hmm. I can shoot some colored guys to this. Yep, I can jam. Um, so I. This is embarrassing that I didn't notice this, but I think I just figured out the deal with the lobby. It's supposed to just be... Well, here's a description for the um, game. Mm -hmm. Stuck in your uniform apartment with nothing else to do but see what this mysterious giant-sized pill does in the corner of your room. Yeah, so I... Um, So, like, I guess it's... The idea is you're, like... Tripping. (laughs) Tripping balls, because that's why the colors get all weird as you, like, get further in the game. Yep, and and each... I actually didn't realize yeah. this, but each level, so after you finish a level, then one of, I don't know why they call it a pill. It looks like a, a reel of it's film like to disc. me. It's just like a big disc. Yeah. Um, but if it's supposed to be a pill, each each time you finish a level, a pill appears and you go and pick it up and then it adds to the effects on your screen. So it's like you're mm-hmm. tripping out even more. Which is, yeah, and then I guess the white one, you OD'd. Oh God! When the screen goes white. Oh Jesus! Just, yeah, this game has like a dark undercurrent of drug abuse. You OD, and it's not possible to fight back the. Oh God! The the enemies, you just die. You don't know how to fight them, and they keep spawning infinitely. Oh God! Damn, that just got dark. Farbenspiel, secretly deep. Um, um, yeah, but but anyway, if if anything, I'm I'm glad uh, for having played this game just in that like in future games I'm working on or games I'm playing, I feel like I'm going to think about color a little bit more mm-hmm. and yeah. think about the ways that it can work. Same. And like, I actually forgot to mention this. I wanted to bring it up really quickly. Um, when I was talking about like the accessibility thing and while, why, uh, like color maybe isn't, uh, a mechanic because of that. Mm-hmm. I actually just remembered an interview with Jonathan blow about, uh, his game, the witness, and there was apparently a, an area that he really wanted to do that was like dependent on uh, colors and the interaction of color. Um, 
but he had to cut it because he tested it with uh, colorblind people and he just could not figure out a uh, an elegant way to um, make it work which considering huh. i mean i know you and i both played the witness and i feel like i feel like we sort of have talked about how other people like absolutely love that game and how i think parts of that game are incredible and other parts of it are fucking very not incredible yeah and there, there is a color section though yeah release yeah so he said that that section uh, the, apparently it was like much bigger and much more involved. I just straight up didn't even play that okay. section of the game because I got there and I, I got there, I think after I had beat the game and I was kind of over it. Um, yeah, but as it's kind of interesting that even Jonathan blow, who in my opinion in that game left way too many like puzzles that were not as good as the best puzzles in that game in there even uh-huh. cut them even, so. he took, took <laughs> huh. even jonathan Blue. Yeah. Not, not like to throw serious shade but i think it's <laughs> i think it's good to be critical of things even when we think yeah. parts of them are very good yes I, I we don't need to we don't need to talk about the sound puzzles in that game uh, that, we, that we don't we don't need to bring that don't up you, don't even get me started just wait until we <laughs> next next week we're gonna play a sound first person shooter and then we're gonna have a conversation about how sound doesn't <laughs> then we'll bring it up and then we can uh, shit on that the would be sound puzzles yeah i am um, you know there aren't a lot of games that um so, so just on the topic of accessibility i i recently you know fun fact i had a a professor that was writing a paper and they had a section on accessibility in games. I did mm-hmm. some research for them and I found like uh, a lot of really interesting like design documents about ways of making games more accessible. It was really fascinating to read. Yeah. And uh, you know, there are, there are games like built for the blind, like Absolutely. audio games that are for, they do not use sight at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was really fascinating. Um, yeah, and there's also right now we're kind of like in the middle of a movement to make all games more accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's yep. there are nonprofits and organ- other organizations working to uh, get developers to mm-hmm. include more accessibility options for people with like limited motor function. Like yeah. I think I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Naughty Dog patched Uncharted Four to have a alternate control. Uh, method uh, because like a fan Mm -hmm. was like hey I want to play your game but I can't because only one of only I have two uh, fingers with full motor function uh, and I can't oh interesting yeah so uh, it's definitely like a move a a movement that that's cool and inclusive uh, yeah and could even lead to cool unique designs that's what I, I was that's something that I kept thinking about when I was doing this research like a lot of the the ways that um the like games are becoming more accessible are also just like expanding the range of like inputs sensations and movements that games ask of all players like yeah. regardless of like ability um in interesting ways like I've, for example audio games like although they were sort of inspired by a way of making uh digital games accessible to people with limited like visual abilities Mm -hmm. i could play an audio game and that'd be like a way of gameplay that i'm not um that i've never really experienced it might be fun to check out maybe we should play an audio game oh we we should but anyway i think that's a good note to end on and sort of like accessibility and the expansion of the way games can interact because i feel like farbage feels maybe uh lesser to a lesser degree does that but still uh makes you think about an aspect 
of gaming that is m- seldom used as a mechanic, but yeah, uh, has mechanic potential. Yeah, I, I think that is a great spot to end. Well, maybe that's a conversation we'll continue in a future game. Yeah, hopefully we will. All right. Well, I will All talk right. to you later, Jordan. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening.